You are dialed in to the Success Line Podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline, and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is Real People getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship Editor and New York Times bestselling author, Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are going to meet them at the same time. We're going to have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end and I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. Welcome back to the success line. It's your friend Rory Vaden. I am meeting a new friend today. His name is Mason and is one of my favorite parts of this show that uh, so many of the guests we have are basically coming in for lack of a better word, cold in terms of my relationship with them and their relationship with me. Many of them, you know, haven't even been following me for that long. Uh, and, you know, this is the case. Mason and I are just meeting for the first time and we're going to talk about his business. From what I understand, he had, you know, a very active career in one space, made a pretty dramatic or radical shift to a new space. Um, and then, you know, he's, he's trying to kind of like make that work and make money from what is really, I, I get a sense as his lifelong passion, but I don't know. We're going to discover that together. Uh, but anyways, Mason, so glad to have you, man. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rory. How you doing, man? I, this is, I'm stoked to be here. This is cool. So tell yeah, this is so cool, man. And and um, I, so tell us just a little bit about your story. Like, uh, is that right? You you were in the music business, yes, right? Sir. Yep, that's absolutely correct. Uh, I was in the music business for the better part of 17 years from when I was uh, wow sophomore, freshman in college uh, at 18, 19 years old up until 2020, which uh, I'll let everybody do the math that <laughs> on that, that I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm at least 17. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, I'm 38 years old. I spent the majority of my years where in a normal business atmosphere, you would be going to college, getting a degree, working your way up through the ladder. I spent that on the road touring with musicians, particularly hip hop artists. Um, mm. so literally learned in real time, a lot of things and a lot of things, uh, were not learned along the way as far as business and, and such. And so now in my new career, going back and, and needing to apply some things I haven't learned just yet. Yeah. So, and I want to, I want to hear about the new thing here in a second, um, which I, is hilarious to me because I think it's a pretty stark dichotomy from touring (laughs) with hip hop artists. What were you doing? What were you doing with these hip hop artists? Like, were you doing sound and like AV stuff? No, sir. Just straight road management, tour management, general artist management, day to day operation operations type stuff. Um, on the road, uh, on tours, especially big, what we call shed tours, and those are the big, you know, outdoor sheds with 20,000, 30,000 fans. Uh, there is a lot of fly by the seat of your pants and all hands on deck. So 
one day I could be going and getting many motorcycles from a target. The next day I could be helping with the actual show production. It just all differentiated day to day and what, what the, what it called for that day. Uh, mostly it's all just one goal in mind is to pull that show off that night. And that's just kind of where it was. Mm-hmm. And are these like, were these like young artists, like up and coming? Were these like brand spanking new? Uh, I grew with several artists that were all on a trajectory. And uh, I rode with them through that trajectory from the time they were starting off kind of in smaller areas and big time tours with, you know, as much, you know, 30,000 fans, whatever, and worldwide at that. So. Uh, I experienced what it was like when there were 100 people in the audience and when there were literally O2 Arena in London full of fans. So I, I saw mm-hmm. it on both spectrums. And uh, I saw uh-huh. growth. I've, I've never, I've always worked with artists I grew with. So I've never came into an established artist situation. It was always Got it. an artist I grew with that we kind of made our own rules and our own habits along the way. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, you know, forgive me for, I'm just so curious about this. The other reason I'm asking is because I find that, um, I, I don't know that much about the music business, even though I live in Nashville, people all assume that like, you know, since we travel all the time, they're like, Oh, you must be a musician. You travel all the time. You live in Nashville. It's like, well, nope. But I, I think that launching an artist is, I, from what I gather is very scrappy and very entrepreneurial and very kind of like you do whatever it takes to get the word out to people and let them know that you're here and you're like making the music, you're mixing the tracks, you're like finding the costumes, you're booking the venues, you're like trying to raise money to do all that stuff and just like tell people on social, like, is that basically, is, is that is what it is? It is business on your tip of your toes 24 hours a day it is as close to guerrilla warfare as any business gets <laughs> from <laughs> it's just uh absolutely insane way but it's so lucrative you know and it, it is a very much your way uh you can establish how you do things how you conduct your business how you sell things how you don't sell things what you endorse what you don't endorse each artist is different and it's the job as the management to kind of come in there and fill the gaps and hopefully plug those gaps with a lot of cash with where the endorsements deals along the side merchandise shows tours anything that can plug those gaps in an artist's little creature comforts is what is basically what management does the whole time trying to keep the artist happy Uh uh-huh when you say it's lucrative you're saying it's lucrative if you're successful from from what the show like the actual selling the tickets is that yes absolutely if you can accomplish those tasks by filling in those gaps and where artist leaves open then you can have a lucrative career you can have an artist that doesn't necessarily have a hit song but has a great merchandise line or maybe they have one song that they know how to license to over and over again or whatever the case put it on soundtrack or or be able to milk that for whatever it's worth to be able to take them to the next level just based on whatever the artist gives them Mm mm-hmm all right 
All right. So I get it. So I, so I love it. And you're doing everything. You're whatever mm. you're, you're arranging the car that or the, the bus or the whatever, however you're caravanning across the country, you're calling on venues to say, Hey, I want to bring my artists to town and yes, sir. All the whole that. thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I love that because, because even though, you know, what you're doing is new, this is this is true about everybody. We 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 think that we're starting over, but you're never starting over. You're reinventing and you're building off of what you have. Mm-hmm. So, what are you doing now? And how did you get into it? And like, what are you? What exactly is it? Okay, so now I'm a cattle rancher, and <laughs> I uh, love it so much. <laughs> and I'm in Texas. All right. Um, okay. And uh, we raise uh, Akuushi cattle, which is a Japanese red cow, which is in the Wagyu wow. family. So we're raising high marbling, uh, real diff- totally different flavor profile than what you're used to as far as just your standard prime beef. Uh, so we're raising like a niche cow. It's, it's just really in style right now. And it's delicious uh-huh. on top of everything else. And it, it's, wow. it's, it's, you know, it's all the rage from restaurants to the consumer. Um, ranchers are putting Akushi genetics in their herds, whether it just be in a percentage or full blood for the same type of characteristics, what, what transfers to higher value as far as carcass and just value of the animal itself than tr- traditional, uh, big beef, as they like to say. And um, it's really spurred a movement in the industry that called the boutique beef movement or the branded hmm. beef movement. And uh, okay. it is, is basically back to ranchers harvesting their products on their land and selling it direct to consumer. Now, there's a few loopholes, uh, especially with the USDA and all that, but it is uh, becoming a predominant force uh, that you can see the effects even down to the traditional ways that is that this new niche thing is quite popular and it's lucrative for the ranchers themselves as money directly in the pocket and uh that's what really intrigued me uh about the akushi breed now cattle ranching I, that's something that's been in my family for for years i was the God. black sheep in the music industry <laughs> so uh-huh. well i was gonna ask you i'm like how do you go from touring with hip-hop artists you know like to up and coming hip-hop artists to suddenly being like i'm gonna be a cattle rancher but it, so that's the answer is it's been in your it's been in your family yes sir before all the okay. uh, music stuff started i was a ranch management major at texas a&m university in college station got so, it and okay then, uh, and then uh then rap was cool and and off i went uh i just found i just got in a groove with some guys that were making moves and it was real enticing and i loved it and it was intriguing from a money-making standpoint uh i came in when cds were still hot so uh mom and pop stores so uh it was quite uh, a good business to be in if you were able to buy cds from local independent artists that were popular at a wholesale rate and then be able to resell them to the consumer much higher. And it was like $3 a CD to 15. So you're getting quite, you know, and it just keeps going. The music was good. And it was also, it was, it was just real intriguing from a salesmanship standpoint. Uh, I ended up having a CD store in College Station. And, uh, and then, like I said, that's where the network comes in and you meet people and meet people and you just really dig it and keep going. 
Yeah, well, it's interesting because that that direct to consumer model is a parallel here that I see that you had there was this time where independent artists could burn their own CDs and sell them and make actual money from doing it. And then when everything went digital, it seems like the power really shifted away from that kind of back back to mass distribution. And then Mm -hmm. now what you're what you're doing is kind of the going the opposite is cattle ranching is going back to selling directly to someone who wants to come i mean what do people just come by the ranch and pick up pick up a slab of meat and go home and cook it like in theory so there's some legislation called the neighbor law where um if you you know happen to know i have a freezer full of beef and you were to pull up and buy some then that's a something that we did as neighbors um, and the marketing's a little tricky on that, uh, but you can also go another route, spend a little bit more money, and get your meat certified by USDA, and that's when you can market online, um, do everything. Now, f- funny thing is, is um, I started selling T-shirts, and I met a hiccup because I signed up for my uh, my account. I won't say the name of it, but the consolidation service that handles all your logistics and the purchase and the website and all that. And I signed up as an agriculture company because it was for the ranch. And uh, that marked me as a high risk business that they do not want to do business with. So I had to find a third party uh, credit uh-huh. card authorization company to handle the services. And Interesting. That, that's something to do with the legislation, I'm sure. But okay. uh, so it's a little bit different so, hiccups going on. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, such, such is the case in any entrepreneurial business. There's, mm-hmm. there's going to be hiccups you don't anticipate. Sometimes it's legally, sometimes it's, co- you know, competitively, sometimes sure. it's the market. So, so anyway, so what's your question uh, for the success line? Like, what are you trying to do? So now you're, you're very clearly, you're back in the cattle ranching business. You got this boutique beef kind of movement happening. You see it coming, which I love. Like I see you're a, tr- you're a clearly a trend spotter, Mason. Like you, you spot trends, you get ahead of them. That's a superpower you definitely have. And then, so where are you at? What do you, what are you struggling with? And, and, uh, how might we, how might we help you? Um, I'm kind of in the era of the aw shucks. You really like me and kind of marketing my product to my friends and my following that I interact with on a day to day basis on social media. And I'd like that, take that, take that to the next level and convert mm. my social media as a sales hub. Uh, okay. and, and reach new customers as far and as and reach the rest of my followers that I don't necessarily engage with on a day to day basis. And how do I mm-hmm. convert? Basically, all in all, how do I convert my social media following to sales in this new lane that necessarily weren't following me because of this new lane? Mm, yeah, because you are. So you're saying your social media following that you have built up comes from before like mm-hmm. from the music business mm-hmm. yes and and uh i i've done a good job of like kind of like i hate using the term branding myself but i've i've always kept that in the back of my head uh ever since i walked away from the music business about a year and a half ago to to not just delete social media and go off the grid that there's some use to these things and how to i how do I get, how do I, instead of just deleting it, how do I use it to the best, you know, potential? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So there's a couple questions going on here, which to me, you know, there's, there's a question of how do I 
you know, pivot or reposition or rebrand mm-hmm. my social media from one thing that's dramatically to another. Mm-hmm. But that seems to be kind of a subtext of an overall, a bigger question of like, how do I get customers? Like, how yes. do I get people to start buying, yes. buying my stuff? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. So I love it. So let's talk about, let's talk about social media first. Cause I think a, a lot of people have this, a lot of people have this question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like how do you can, so, so let's just talk about address first. How do I get people to buy from me off of social media? Okay. Okay. Let's table the, you know, I, I used to, my social media feed used to be a bunch of hip hop stuff and now it's about beef mm-hmm. and you, let's table that for a second. Okay. Um, there are a lot of different philosophies about how to sell on social media, um, right? And and what you should what you should do, um, you know, like what you should do with that. Um, in general, our strategy is that you don't think about social media as a place that you sell. Um, you think of social media as a traffic source that directs people to a location that you then sell. And it's a, it's a subtle distinction, but, um, it's kind of like, you know, think about it this way. If, if we, if we think about it old school, it's like, and most people would not be interested in picking up a coupon book and flipping through a coupon book. Um, like you might, but it's, if it's just ads or, or, or like the yellow pages, right? Like you, you, you wouldn't just read, you spend a Saturday afternoon reading through the yellow pages. You go there maybe when you need something, but in the digital world, that's Google. When people need something, um, the, the, the at the point of interest, they're going to go type something into Google, Um, and that's where that really matters. Social media is more like what people do for fun. So the first thing to do is you have to build your social media following. The way you build your social media following is by not selling stuff. Um, if you're just selling stuff all the time, then no one's going to stick around. And, and certainly new people aren't going to come because who wants to come follow something that's a big giant advertisement? Nobody does. So what that does is you go, okay, Basically, you have to figure out and answer the question, and this is for every business, every industry, doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing, you got to go, how do I make my social media feed useful to other people? Useful to people who don't yet know me. And this is the mistake that the two biggest mistakes that you see on social media, one is... It is all about my product and I'm just selling, selling, selling. And I'm just like constantly telling people like, here's this thing it's available to buy or, you know, here's a coupon code, which, you know, is a little bit useful, but still super promotional in nature. Um, Or people just make it like all about their personal life. Like, here's who I am and here's my kids and here's what I had for lunch. From a business standpoint, our advice is that neither one of those is a great strategy because neither one is useful. Um, If you want to attract followers, you need to make your feed inherently useful. Um, 
That's a concept that uh, I originally learned from a guy named Jay Bear, B-A-E-R. He wrote a book called Utility, Y-O-Utility. This was years ago when social media first came on the scene, and he kind of identified, look, the people who are selling are losing. Um, What you want to do is help, not sell. So when you go, how can I be useful what we have noticed at brand builders groups, and so this is this is this is a great question for the success line, Mason, because this is what we do all day every day is we work with personal brands nonstop. Um, is that basically more or less? If you look at it high level, there's really only three strategies to being useful, and they are the three E's. So first of all, you can be um, entertaining. Okay, so uh, we follow people who are entertaining um, that it is like, um, you know, they're funny, right? Like we follow funny accounts. Um, They are um, kind of like, um, you know, whatever memes and and stuff like that. so you you can you can be entertaining and you go okay I'm going to be my channel my feed is going to predominantly focus on entertaining content. And so that's what like a musician's feed would be. That's what a comedian's feed would be. That's that would be an enter entertainment play. The second one is to be encouraging. We follow things that are encouraging. They are inherently inspiring. Um, you know, you see viral videos of like, you know, a military dad coming home and seeing his kids or, uh, you know, like Jay, Jay Shetty is a great example of somebody who's got millions of followers. And I would I would pretty squarely put Jay Shetty in. Um, do you follow Jay or do you know who he is? I've heard the name. Yes. Uh, yes. OK. But I, I see him come across uh, every now and then on my Twitter feed on somebody yes. retweeting him. Yeah, they're sharing viral videos yeah. of just like, and it's mostly encouragement. Right. Um, and um, and then the third one is educational. So the third strategy is educational, which is to is to provide some type of information to people. Um, now we have clients that are very much in the entertaining. Um, uh, one of the people we work with, her name is Sazan Hendricks, S-A-Z-A-N. She's the classic kind of like lifestyle influencer. She, her and her husband, Stevie, they make these funny, these funny videos. They're super cute. Um, you know, and they're, it's just, they're just an entertaining, uh, entertaining couple. You've got Jay Shetty encouragement. The majority of our clients, which is how I would also describe myself, fall more squarely in the educational realm is to go, okay, what can I put on my feed that is instructive for people? And then here's the balance. Um, we like to think of your feed your, your feed, which is like what people come to when they first see your profile. And this would apply for, Let's 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 talk specifically for like Facebook, Instagram, uh, and LinkedIn here. Twitter is a little different because there's a, there is a blend. Also YouTube, so we could talk Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at the same time. Which is when they first hit your profile, your profile should show what you do. Your stories should show who you are. So that is a way to delineate is, is people, 
do everything about business is about trust, right? You, you surely know this. It's already, you've already learned this. It's about trust. What social media and digital tools allow us to do is they allow us to do trust at scale, which is super powerful. Um, we teach our clients how to build a whole ecosystem that we call a, a revenue engine. It's a it's a digital automated ecosystem that works together to basically pump your messaging out into the world as fast as possible. And what we're trying to do is automate trust. This question, social media is one sliver of that, is to go, okay, how do I how do I get people to trust me? Well, um, you can entertain them, you can encourage them, you can educate them on the surface, on the feed. And then at some point, what's going to happen is people are going to go, who is this Mason? What is he all about? And so that's where we would encourage you in your stories is where you share like, yeah, you know, here's pictures of my kids or here's me listening to some hip hop music or here's me, you know, doing, doing whatever. Um, so conceptually it's those things. The other thing that I would do in terms of how we think strategically of delineating your social media feed is your feed is value. And if you're going to sell, you would sell in the stories. Mm -hmm. Um, um, We're not going to sell directly on the feed because new visitors come. And if, if they see a bunch of selling, they're out, right? They're not going to follow you. They're not going to stay. But if they kind of see what you're up to and they find it interesting or entertaining. Um, and the reality is that most, most of us are going to be a blend of entertaining, encouraging and educational, which is fine. You know, I like to uh, occasionally do something that's entertaining. Um, I tend to have a bit of encouragement to my messages, but if you hit, you know, my Instagram handle, which is at Rory Vaden, it's basically educational. It's it's just uh, uh, um, my Instagram feed is like uh, more valuable than a lot of college courses. I mean, it, it is just mm-hmm. raw teaching. Um, and then if I were ever going to sell, you would al- you almost never see a post in the feed that says buy from me. What you would see is in my stories. I will say, hey, swipe up to to check this out or swipe up for this free training. And then that free training leads people to buy. And so it's kind of this concept of invisible selling. Uh, The only people who see that something is available for sale are the ones who care enough to follow you close enough that they kind of go down this 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 trail of breadcrumbs. Um, And that's how you do it without annoying people. Um, So I'll stop right there for a second. Mm -hmm. And I'll say. Does that make sense? Do you have any questions? And then most importantly, which of those three E's do you think you might fall into, Mason, as it relates to the, the, the cattle ranching conversation? Well, I think that you answered my question, which was, can you be a combination of all the three E's? Um, uh, and and, when, and to, to expound on one of the three E's, educational, would you do that by, in my instance, my situation, educate people on the cattle business in general or what I'm doing specifically? Yeah. So that's the question, right? Is, is, is the, the, the right question is to ask instead of going, here's the wrong question. The wrong question is asking, how do I sell on social media? Mm-hmm. The better question is to go, how can I be useful on social media? Which is yeah. the question that you're now asking. Sure. Um, 
and that's the question to ask, right? Is to go, okay, what would be useful to people? Um, it could be educating people on the industry in general, right? It could mm-hmm. be showing them here's how we here's how we raise our cows, and here's what a day in the life looks like, and here's how we butcher and where we butcher, and you know, here is the whatever hormone. I mean, I I don't speak. I don't speak cattle. I don't, I don't speak manly anything. Um, but whatever, whatever it is, is to basically document and show people here is how we, how we raise a piece of beef to go from the, the moment they are born all the way through to where they end up on your table. And it's this delicious thing. The other thing to me would, that would be useful, um, would be recipes, uh, how to, how to, you know, how to cook it properly, how to season it, how to, uh, pair it. What are the best wine pairings? What are the best dessert pairings? Um, I might try to interview chefs, um, about what, you know, like what, 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 how do they select their beef and what do, what do they do to prepare it? And, um, uh, I might uh, highlight restaurants where I go, hey, these are these are if you're looking for an amazing piece of Wagyu, like this is the best place to go. Mm-hmm. And and the key is to not think of it just of going. It's it, You don't want it to, to be this like bait and switch where it's like, oh, I'm just trying to vi- add value. And then I'm trying to rope people in, even though it is it is a little bit of that. The reality is just go, how can I be useful? Like, how can I add value to people, whether they buy from me or not? Because here's the, here's the fundamental premise. If I can be useful to people, then they're going to trust me. If people trust me, then at some point, who are they going to buy from? Mm -hmm. Are they going to, are they going to go to the store and buy a piece of beef that they have no idea where it came from, how it was raised, how it's going to taste, how long it's been sitting in a truck or in a freezer or, and I, and this is where I think Mason, what you're doing is genius. I think this is happening in several industries. Middlemen are getting cut out like crazy because as social media grows, as people become more intuitive and responsive and skilled at building their own followings, there's not gatekeepers to the audience. If you build your own audience, you control your own destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of you listening should write that down. If you build your own audience, you control your own destiny. Um, be- because you got a direct line to your people and you can sell them anything. You can sell them t-shirts. You can sell them beef. You can sell them music. You can sell them books. You can sell them courses. Um, so that's the real question first is how can I be valuable? Um, I would think, uh, I mean, I guess I would flip the question back to you is to, is to just go, what do you think would be interesting to people? Um, what, what do you think would be useful to them? What and 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 here's a way of thinking about it is just go. What would what would be interesting to you? Like, I think people often try to create content for like this this fictitious person out in the world that they're trying to reach. And if you just go create content that you would watch, like create content that you would listen to, like if would you would you watch a would would you read a post that talked about 20% off coupons for whatever? Probably not, but it, but whatever it is about cattle ranching that's interesting to you, that is what I would 
I would post, but make that the litmus test of going, what would like, would I personally sit down and watch this video? And if you wouldn't don't post it, cause that means it sucks. Unless you're overly self-conscious about how you look on camera or something. <laughs> I, well, and, and yeah, I've tried a few times uh, and it's just, it's, it is a little difficult for me to get in front of the camera from, from my niche of what I've done in the past, I've always been the selfless guy, right? The selfless I had the role that was selfless. Uh, so it feels a little, a little weird sometimes, but at the same time, it is more of my passion, what I'm doing now. And so it is easier if I could find that pocket. And I think it lies in the educational aspect, more than entertaining as far as content goes for me, where I just, you know, say, Hey, look, this is, you know, look at your grass right here. This is the perfect height for a cow to eat. Or just like, I can, I can tell you anything you want to know, but I'd like to still be kind of behind the camera instead of like in front of the camera, like my name's Mason and today we're going to learn about grass. I'd rather just grab my phone and go point it at the grass and talk about it. Is that good enough? Sure. So, you know, there's two things going on here. One is the conversation about what your content should be. The other conversation is about kind of you as a messenger and your on-camera personality and that fear. So in terms of the content, you nailed it. Teach me anything and everything you know that is uh, that is interesting about your subject, right? Like that that is if it's interesting to you and guess what it won't be interesting to everyone in the world that's fine they're not your people like we all have to give up we have to give up this vain um self-centered shallow pursuit of trying to have lots of followers what we need to pursue is the deep rich authentic community of talking about what we love and allowing whatever audience to show up to be there and to pour into those people, whether it's one or 100 million, like, and, 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 and so that is the right thing is to go like, yeah, like this grass right here. Like some people are going to go, what? Like, this is, this is so weird, but the, but your people will go, this is fascinating. Like, look at this guy's like teaching how to be a cattle rancher and they're going to love it. And people who love beef, they're going to totally be into it, man. And, and that's what you need. Like you need to capture the super fans. Um, and you don't need millions of followers. Uh, so my wife, AJ, who's our, our CEO at brand builders group, she says this all the time. You don't need millions of followers to make millions of dollars. You don't. In fact, a lot of the people who have millions of followers don't make millions of dollars. You think that they do, but they don't. But a lot of times the people who are the wealthiest from social media have very small, but rabidly loyal communities. Um, the people who pander, and try to serve everything to everybody just to get lots of followers, there's not much they can sell because they have such a diverse community interested in so many different things. Um, it's very, very tricky. So teach me anything and everything you know about your subject. Create content that you would watch and that you would listen to. On terms of the, the part being in front of the camera, all right? So let's let's talk about Let's talk about your imposter syndrome, Mr. Mason. How does a big, strong, successful man like you um, be a little shy of being in front of the camera, which is 
you know, everybody has this and I'm, I'm, I'm poking fun at that, not because I'm poking fun at you, but because it doesn't matter how big and strong and manly or masculine or successful you've been. All of us have, have that fear. Um, now Hmm. here's where the fear comes from. The fear comes from being self-centered. When we are worried about the only time you feel fear is when you're thinking about yourself. Do I look the right way? Am I going to sound smart? Are people going to make fun of me? Fear is totally self-centered. When you put yourself in service of the audience, the fear goes away. Um, The way that we like to say it is there is no fear when the mission to serve is clear. Mm. Right. So right now, you know, the people listening cannot see you, but you have a shirt that I assume is it looks like you've been working somewhere. It's got some life on it from work (laughs) you've been doing. Yes. I'm telling you, that is the look that you want on camera. You do not want to be like just like you don't want to don't teach fake content don't be a fake person be who you are like that's what people are starving for ironically is we've had decades and decades of these polished manuscript like uh perfectly curated scenes on tv and ever since reality tv came on the scene there's been a stronger and stronger uh drive for the authentic and the real and the unmanicured the unpolished the unperfect um so there is not that judgment there people are infatuated with realness they're in the the more you're tripping over your words and stumbling one of the best videos i ever made that got the most views i was doing a video blog and i got this attacked by bees (laughs) and i was like i was swatting away at these bees um and people loved it because it was just it was just so real Mm -hmm. so number one you know uh, uh, authentic is in like, like authentic is in, but, but, but the bigger thing is don't think about yourself, right? Like, don't worry. Nobody cares about you. They care about what they can learn from you. So if you're standing in service of the audience and you're going, what does the audience need to see in order to understand this about grass or about beef or about, you know, whatever, the way that we, we raise these cows or why we're doing this or the, the restaurants that carry our product or yada, yada, yada. Um, and so don't think about yourself. Think about your audience. And that fear will go away because you go, who cares if they like me? I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to be useful. Okay. Got it. You follow that? Yes, sir. Okay. So a couple other things, just super quick. I know we're, we're coming up on our time. Um, the, to address the question about pivoting your social media profile. Um, the, the best way to do this is immediately and flamboyantly. And, and the, what I mean by that is don't try to dabble in who you once were. Just go all in on who you're, who you're going to be. Some people are going to come along from the, for the ride. A bunch of them might not. It doesn't matter. This is who you are. 
This is who you've been. Don't try to play to the old audience. Play to the new audience and let the chips fall as they may for who's going to show up. Be okay with people unfollowing you. Be okay with people going, man, why are you posting this crap on my feed? You go, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, man. Like, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. If this ain't your place, no worries. Like, you can hit the unfollow button at any time. But like, this is what I'm about now. So it, you don't have to be that public in what you're, you know, the way you're presenting it. But um just like any big moment in your life, when you make a change, make the change. I'm not who I once was. I used to drink. Now I don't drink. I used to say this about women. Now I don't say this about women. I, I used to be a poor leader. Now I'm a good leader. I used to eat this crap. Now I don't eat this crap. Like it's a switch that you flip in one moment. You're in charge of your own life and you swip that you flip that switch and you never, you never freaking turn back and you just go straight forward. So that's a simple one for you. Um, not easy and you may get some hate you may get some hate but like all right see you later but hopefully there's a lot of hip-hop fans out there that like beef i bet there are i get i it's 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 funny you say that is that i've actually had an overwhelming positive response um i didn't say that in a way that i'm not getting a response on i just want maybe to do better with that but uh it seems like i am on the right track for with what you're saying it's it's uh it's uh, subliminal or not, whatever the word is, is kind of what I was already doing, ironically enough. Uh, yeah, I see that. I see in your feed, I, could, I can pinpoint the date that you flipped. That like, <laughs> was the first thing I did, which is exactly what I would, ex- I would, I would want to see. You've done, a great, you've done a great job of that. Thank you. And again, here's what's so cool about personal branding. People follow you. They fall in love with you because you are who you are. And I think that's what's that's what's really cool is you go at the end of the day, these people like you. That's why they followed you in the first place. So if you're interested in that, then it's like, cool. If not, then they're not. It's no different than in real life. If it was like, okay, we were cool. And now you move to a different state and it's like either we're still cool or we're not anymore, but it's not like whatever, either, either people come with you or they don't, but you know, the ones who are your, your fans, like they, they will. Um, now one thing on your, your feed, yeah, you're getting great engagement on a lot of these posts. Um, I will say this, you'll get a lot more engagement with video, um, for sure. And, um, they don't have to be super fancy videos. Like the, the, the highest performing videos that we get are, I'll just turn on my camera I will talk to the camera for two minutes. I try to be under two minutes and then I'll post it to like IGTV. Mm-hmm. Your engagement will go through the roof okay. um, on, on those posts and just be useful. And then what you do is in your stories and in your, in your, you know, maybe in your captions, you can say, Hey, you know, come over. You got your link in your bio. So people will click on that. Um, you know, and you can have, you can have coupon codes here and there or just, um, those kind of things. But one other last little thing on this, I want to, I want to say Mason, um, if you need to make money quickly, social media, this, a lot of people don't want to hear this. Social media is not the fastest path to cash. 
Social media is a slow way to cash because it's about building trust and you're building it in little micro sessions of 60 seconds at a time, 30 seconds at a time, two minutes at a time. The beauty is it can be done at scale. So you're automating trust, you're building relationship, which is that's what makes it worthwhile and what makes it useful. But the fastest path to cash in any enterprise, the way if you want to get money in your pocket today the way you do that is through referrals and and you generate referrals that is how a business gets off the ground uh my wife and i at this point have now started uh, i think six or seven seven figure plus companies and it starts with referrals now here's you mentioned earlier oh i've been marketing to my friends and family right um and that's that's great. That happens a lot, right? Your first customers are often like your friends and family. But the way I would encourage you to think about it a little bit differently is for for everyone listening, don't market to your friends and family. Don't think of your friends and family as like the the way they can be most valuable to you is to be a customer. Uh, think of them as being valuable to you because of the people they can introduce you to. So your first circle, we call this your first circle. Don't think of your first circle as prospects. Think of your first circle as referral sources. Don't try to sell to them. Ask them for referrals. Tell, ask them and say, hey, I want to let you know what I'm up to. And it's, it's a super simple conversation, right? You're having a normal chat and you say, hey, do you mind if I tell you, you mind if I take a minute to tell you what I'm up to these days, like uh, what I'm doing with this new business I started? Uh, and they go, yeah, go for it. And you say, yeah, well, and then you, you kind of tell them where it gets awkward is if you suddenly try to convert a friendly conversation into like, uh, now I'm trying to sell you beef or a vitamin supplement or an exercise program or life insurance. Now it just got awkward. Hey, right? it's sunny outside. Hey, do you want some steak? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what people do all the time. And, and it's actually, that's not even the most valuable. That's not even the way those people can be most valuable to you. The way those people can be more valuable to you than buying is that they will, in, they will introduce you to 30 people they know. Um, and, and you simply go, Hey, is there anyone that you know that you know, really loves beef? I would love to send them a sample of what I'm up to uh, just so they can hear it. Now, here's what's amazing. The people who would have bought from you when you were trying to sell to them directly, they will still buy from you when you do this. Mm -hmm. But, but all the people who would have just been annoyed with you, which is the, the far majority of them, it would have just like, Oh, we got awkward. Now Mason's like trying to sell me some steak. Um, those people will gladly introduce you. They will go, Oh man, I can think of, I can think of five people who love steak and you make them look like a hero. If you go, I would love for them to try the first one on me as a gift from you. And if they love steak and they trust, cause here's what you, what business is about is a, is a facility. It's a, it's a transmission of trust. All of business is this transmission of trust Social media does build trust, but very, very slowly because only a small percentage of the people even see what you post and it's, it's a long time in between and they only see very small bites. If you have a lifelong relationship with somebody who knows you and trusts you and they say, oh, I got to introduce you to my friend so-and-so, there's an immediate transmission or transference of trust. Um, that transference 
carries over from them to you. Um, and you know, your friend might go, well, I love steak, you know, like, uh, and, and, and nobody feels bad about being the guy who gave their friend a free sample. Right. Like, and then, you know, you give them, you give them a free sample. If they truly love straight steak and they truly trust your friend and your friend truly trusts you and gives you a great, like, Hey, you should look at what my friend Mason's doing. It's incredible. And you include, you know, a free piece of steak and a little flyer that tells the story of the boutique beef movement and blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, that is how you're going to move a bunch of steak quickly. Not from spending 18 hours on social media all day. Um, I like it. It's not that you shouldn't do social media. Don't hear what I'm not saying. It's a huge part of what we teach people how to do. But if you want to generate cash quickly, the fastest path to cash in anything is to ask for referrals from people who already trust you. Don't even try to sell to those people. Ask for referrals from those people. Perfect. Perfect, man. That's, I like that. I like that take a lot. All right, buddy. So you've got some social media strategies. You're already doing the right thing with your strong pivot. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, that's who you are. Do that. Carry forward. Um, let uh, figure out how can I make my content more entertaining, encouraging, or educational. F make sure it's content you would want to watch. Um, I think you should be on camera. You represent, like, you just look the part to me, and I go, man, I can buy into you. Like, I see you. I get it. This guy's passionate about it. Let that come through. It's not about you being a celebrity at all. It's about you serving the audience. So what you look like doesn't matter. Um, it just, it, it's just you, you sharing your passion. Sure. And, uh, you know, share what you do on your feed and who you are and uh, in, your, in your stories. Uh, provide value in your free your feed. You can sell more in your stories, uh, and then you know get referrals from the people who are closest to you. Man, you'll be off and running. That works for me. I sure appreciate it, man. Of course. Well, we will look forward to following your journey, Mr. Mason. Yes, and uh, I, I think this is a cool. I think you're onto something big, man. So we believe in you. So keep us posted. Yes, sir. I will. Thanks, Rory. Love that conversation with Mason. I love anybody who is making a radical transition from one career to another, especially when it's rooted in their passion for what they are about and what they are doing. So I want to share a couple highlights here, and I would I would put these under the banner of um, th three secrets of selling with social media. And if you do these three things, if you understand these three concepts, these three principles, you will be way, way more successful. So the first one is that if you build your own audience, you can control your own destiny. If you build your own audience, you can control your own destiny. That is why I think social media matters. I don't particularly enjoy being on social media all day, every day. Um, it's something that I've learned to do. I strive to do. I do it. Um, it's, it's more like working out for me. It's like, okay, I got to get on there and I got to post and I got to like, it's not that I don't like people. I do like people. I love the people. It's just, it's not how I would naturally spend my time. But the reason I do it and the reason we encourage our clients to do it is that this is a necessary part of your future. Um, because 
whoever owns the audience has the power. Like that's, that's how it works. And so it's a worthwhile thing to do to strive to build a community. And I think understanding that is the first big key so that you get into and you get convinced to convince yourself to make the commitment to do the work it takes to really do this right. The second thing, uh, or the second secret of selling with social media is to create content that you would watch, create content that you find interesting. The big mistake here is people think, oh, my content should be this way or that way, or it should be highly produced or whatever. It doesn't have to be any of that. Just ask yourself, what would I find interesting and create that? Like you are, you are your avatar. Like you're talking about the things that you love. You want to attract people who are, uh, love the things that you love. You want to attract people who are like you because the people who like you are more likely to buy from you. So the, the sooner you can get to being yourself, the faster you can you can go to make a profit. The more you pretend to be someone you're not, the greater barrier that you're placing between you and making a profit because you're, it's pretense. You're faking it. You're not being yourself. So create content that is interesting to you. Uh, the other reason you should do that is because if it's interesting to you, then you'll keep making the content. You won't burn out on it just because you, you, you won't be making it based on, oh, how many views did I get on this piece? It's more of like, no, I, th- I find this fun. I find this fascinating. I find this, you know, entertaining or educational. Build a platform, build a personal brand around that based on who you are, not based on what other people, what you think other people might want. Like, Root it in what you're you're interested in, and you know you're a great test of your own market. Um, the third thing, or the third secret here of selling with social media, is that you have to understand that at the end of the day, selling is about a transference of trust. It is about a transference of trust. Social media is a slow way to transfer trust. It's a scalable way to transfer trust, which is fabulous. Um, The other thing that's wonderful about social media is that if you can move people off of social media into an email list or into a funnel where they can watch a full length one hour training or they can get five free videos, then you can accelerate that trust because instead of them spending 30 seconds with you here or there, you know, every other week when the algorithm shows a piece of your content, you're moving them into an accelerated condensed version of trust building because they're going to watch a whole little video series of three or five videos or one full length training uh, where you're talking more in depth about whatever your topic is that builds trust. But if you need money in your pocket quickly, I still would not default to that because there's a lot of technical components that have to go in a lot of detail, um, a lot of writing and video shooting and editing and marketing automation and creating emails and all, all these things that you should do, um, to build your business, but they are long-term investments in a scalable business. They are not the short-term things that are going to put money in your pocket quickly. What's going to put money in your pocket quickly is whatever transfers trust in the fastest way, in the shortest timeline, right? What will put money in your pocket quickly is whatever transfers trust in the shortest timeline. 
And that typically comes from referrals, from people who you already know. So develop the develop relationships or, or build on the relationships you already have. Once your business is going, you'll be able to get referrals from customers. But when you first start a business or launch a new venture or you pivot to a new career or a new brand or a new position in the marketplace, you don't have customers. So where do you get referrals from? That's a right question to ask. And the answer is from the people who trust you. These are your real life friends and family, but don't burn through all those people by trying to sell them and make them your first customers. Think instead, not of, not of your first circle as a source for customers, but as a source for referrals and introductions, because their trust that they have with their relationships will transfer to you if they can introduce you to people. And that's actually way more valuable to you than them becoming just a one-off customer. So those are three big highlights and takeaways, I think, from today, um, from this conversation uh, about how, you know, these are secrets of selling with social media, which you could boil that all down to simply saying, how can I be more useful to the people around me? If you do that, then you will find that money follows you. We'll catch you next time on The Success Line. If you would like to appear on the success line, head to success.com slash success line guest to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate, review, and most of all, tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.